0: konos ladies and gentlemen boys and girls i hope y'all are having a fantastic week i'm your host michael evdeman and this is the last show this is the last show of the konos ladies and gentlemen it's been an amazing ride and an amazing experience that i've been able to have doing this show weekly um just you know being comfortable with uh recording just an hour show a week, and just, you know, doing what I can, you know, obviously due to COVID reasons, I wasn't able to do this show in a studio or anything, so I wasn't able to get like a real good feel, like a studio feel of kind of a show, but, you know, things happen and you have to adapt in life to what life brings you, and... I feel like I've done that, and it's been an amazing ride. I'm thankful for the experience. I'm thankful for Professor Lamison and everyone at uh, the HCC Hawk Radio um, team for giving me an opportunity to do this show, and I appreciate it. So we're going to do this last show. It's going to be a good one, and I appreciate you all for listening. So let's just get right into it this week. I want to talk about a few things that have happened the past week. Um, the first thing I'd like to talk about, so Jake Paul. So I think it was last week. There was the Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson uh, fight. Well, there was Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., which was the main event. Th- that was the main event. And, uh, it it was a good fight, I'm not gonna say it wasn't a bad fight, you know, when you have two really old boxers, you're not exactly getting a showstopper. But the main thing that came from this event, uh, was for sure a YouTuber, uh, internet personality Jake Paul, fighting in a boxing match. Uh, retired NBA player, Nate Robinson. Now, I don't really know for sure, uh, let's say, why this happened. Um, I know that Nate Robinson had called out Jake Paul, essentially said, hey, I want to fight you. And Jake was like, all right, sure. And so that fight happened. And let's just say, in layman terms... Uh, Jake Paul uh, slept this man. He le- he legitimately slept Nate Robertson. Like, it wasn't even really close, to be honest with you. Um, I think it just shows... In bo- I'd also like to say real quick that uh, there's been construction done uh, on top of my house and next to my house. So, if there is a little bit of noise, I just want to clear that up. I-, I can't do anything about it. It's just very loud construction so if that's in the background i'm sorry but i'm i'm unable to control that anyways back to jake paul so jake paul has been competing and training in boxing for a few years now so it was no surprise to see that he was the superior fighter not necessarily the fighter i'd say the boxer when it comes to boxing You can't just expect to go in there with someone who... Now, don't get it twisted. Jake Paul is not anywhere close to a professional boxer or anything like that, okay? He's fighting against a guy in Nate Robson that had five months to prepare. He's an ex-NBA player. He doesn't have any boxing experience whatsoever. So, yeah, he's going to look as good as that as he could be but oh my gosh he knocked him out so bad he knocked him out so bad man it's honestly just like crazy how like like he slept him like i was rooting for nate robinson because like jake paul like he's a very controversial person in the uh, media and how you know things that he does are i'd say sketchy but um yeah, he just, he showed that he, Nate Robinson was just not ready for that, obviously. Uh, I feel bad for Nate Robinson, the fact that he just, like, was in there. But, yeah, Nate Jake Paul knocked him out, and the memes were crazy. They tore this man, Nate Robinson, apart. Like, it was crazy how they tore him apart. It wasn't, it, like, it... They had, like, a Nate Robinson challenge where it was just him laid down on the ground. I was like, yo, come on. (laughs) This is so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. But I was just like, well, that's what happens. You can't play boxing. You can't play boxing. It's not like basketball or football or anything like that. You know, you're fighting. And someone is going to get hit and someone might get knocked out and so i think you just have to understand that that's what's gonna happen you just can't go in there five months prepared and expect to do very well so but jake paul you know he he is making the most of it i mean like he's saying how he wants to fight like conor mcgregor in a boxing match how he wants to fight uh literally yesterday he tweeted out how he wanted to fight like donald trump kanye west jay-z like a bunch of people rob gronkowski like he was tweeting out these wild things and obviously i know he's he's trolling for the most part he's not actually fighting these people obviously but like what's smart about jake is he's not gonna fight an actual like boxer he's not aiming to fight an actual boxer because he'd get exposed he'd he'd get crushed and so what he's trying to do is he's trying to go into the lane of celebrity but also athlete but not a boxer because it's it it's what can make him look the best and it's completely understandable. It's a smart tactic, you know, you're not gonna if you're trying to keep your you're not trying to gain like boxing credibility. You're just trying to gain like notoriety and just like clout, so to say. So if you just beat up a celebrity, uh, and knock him out, that's gonna get you a lot of public look at Jake Paul. Jake Paul knocked down Nate Robinson, which who was no by no means Like, the top echelon... Upper echelon of the NBA. And that stuff went wild on Twitter. That went... It was viral. It was viral. It went viral. It was... It was art... I think it was like the number one trending thing on Twitter. Like, everyone saw it and everyone was talking about it. So, to gain that notoriety from something like that... That just shows... What he can do in that so i think i think it's very interesting uh what jake's doing i'm not saying that i don't think because like he's saying like how he would like to box like conor mcgregor conor mcgregor is a ufc champion he's trained in martial arts for well over a decade he's a ufc champion he would starch this man, Jake Paul, like, so, so easily, like, it wouldn't even be close, like, and Connor's not even, like, a boxer, but he would starch him, like, starch him, like, it wouldn't even be close, honestly, so, I don't know, I think it's funny, I think it's funny, he's making the most of it, he's, like, hanging out with rappers now, it's weird that that's, like, the case, oh I also wanted to say so he went on like this one show uh, it's hosted by Kerry Champion and Jamel Hill and he was asked the question is it racist to knock out a black man and cause that, he, he did knock Nate Robinson who is black out cold and the question he received was is it racist now, the thing about this is, I don't know if they were joking or not. Because it's a ridiculous question. It's 110% a ridiculous question to ask that. But, the thing about it is, when you're looking at a person like a Jamel Hill, who has a track record of her coverage... Of media or sports or news or anything. Being very racially motivated. And what I mean by that is. She takes racial. Race to the forefront. You know. She's a black woman. She's talking about. Things in the black community and everything. And I completely understand that. I respect that. And. But if you've seen some of the things she says and everything it wouldn't be surprising if she asked a question like oh is it racist to knock a black guy everyone who's logical understands that's a ridiculous question it's a sporting event nate robinson called him out to fight and so they agreed and everything and so it would be a ridiculous thing to be like oh this is racist Now, I understand that, um... (laughs) I saw, like, on social media and everything, how, like, uh... Like, black Twitter, so to say, was, like, disowning Nate Robinson and just being, like, how could you do this? And how, like, black people have been set like, 200 years back due to Nate Robinson being knocked out. I just thought that was hilarious. But, like, um... Uh, th- Obviously, it's in a joking matter. It's not actually the case. But I just thought it was very entertaining. Uh, I hope the best for Nate Robinson, though. Because, you know, that was sad to see. You know, him knocked out and just him delirious, not really knowing what he's doing. It was just like, it was hard to watch. So, I hope Nate Robinson's okay and that, you know, he can bounce back from that. But also, what I'd like to talk about is uh, Jake Paul's brother, Logan Paul, so Logan Paul, older brother of Jake Paul, social media influencer, YouTuber, whatever you want to call him, he, this is the weirdest thing, like, I've ever seen, in all honesty, like, this year's been, like, the weirdest year probably ever, but, like, it just keeps getting weirder, so Logan Paul has agreed uh, to a fight with Floyd Mayweather. Oh, who's Floyd Mayweather, you might ask? Oh, he's just uh, one of the pound-for-pound pound greatest boxers ever. He's, like, 40. And one of the biggest names in sports. And so, Logan Paul... Is... Has, has like, two fights one and am- i'm pretty sure one was amateur not even a professional fight and he f- lost one of them he drew he was it was a draw the first one and then he lost the second one and so now he is going into a fight against arguably the goat of boxing like it's so weird to me it's so weird i understand they're doing it for money and just publicity and everything. But it's just like, it's so weird to see, like, Logan Paul, of all people, fighting Floyd Mayweather. Like, th- like a few years back when Floyd Mayweather fought Conor McGregor, it was kind of like, it was kind of like, it made more sense. Because Conor McGregor is an actual fighter. And everyone's always talked about, like, UFC versus boxing. Like, what would happen, you know? The best fighter of this sport and this, fu- you know? That makes a lot more sense. And it was more compelling. Logan Paul is, like, he's a YouTuber. Like, it's just weird. Like, he's not a professional fighter, and he's fighting Floyd Mayweather. So, I don't know. The thing about the fight is, well, 100%, Floyd Mayweather is winning. Logan Paul doesn't have a single chance in the world. I know people say, like, oh, but it could all happen with one punch. Floyd Mayweather has made a career he's the best ever at not being hit and so just the idea that an amateur who yeah he's bigger than him he's a lot bigger than him is gonna beat floyd mayweather knock him out he said he's gonna knock him out i think that's ridiculous but if you are gonna make a bet and i never encourage betting you know gambling and betting it it can ruin your life but i'm if i were to throw throw a little um take on it put money on logan put put a little bit not a lot i'm not saying a lot because you're gonna be let down but if you wanted to just put a little money on logan paul because if there's the chance he wins the, the bank Bank, because no one thinks Logan Paul is going to win. No rational person, boxing or otherwise, thinks Logan Paul has a chance. He doesn't. He really doesn't. But, if you're looking for maybe a little bit of money, you might just, you might consider. So, I'd say just, you know, if you're looking to make a bet on that fight, maybe go with Logan, I don't know. But yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird time. Old... Old as time Floyd Mayweather is fighting a YouTuber in 2021. It's in 2021. But yeah, it's just... It's very, very odd how YouTubers and social media personalities are intertwining in sports, in a way. So I think it's very interesting to see just, just how big of an impact... Uh, social media personalities and everything are and how they're being integrated in sports and entertainment so I think it's very interesting to see and we'll see what happens you know what happens after excuse me I'm uh, I'm gonna take some water remember to drink your water everyone a gallon a day is recommended so drink your water Drink your water one hundred percent. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into some NBA news. Some NBA news. Uh it's been an interesting few days. They're a week in uh NBA. So the James Harden of the Houston Rockets has essentially made it clear that he wants to be traded from the Houston Rockets. I think uh, it's very interesting to see because, you know, you trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall. You know, you have a new coach, you have everything. And so I understand that James Harden can look at the Houston Rockets currently and see how. Because James Harden obviously wants to compete for an NBA championship. He obviously that's his goal he wants to contend and so he probably is just looking at looking at the rockets right now and just saying i can't contend with this team and i don't think the rockets even if james harden is on the rock or james harden's on the rockets they're not a contender you know you're not going to beat the lakers you're not going to beat the warriors you're not going to beat the clippers the the Nuggets, you're not going to beat those teams. So, James Harden has essentially kind of made it clear that he wants to be traded. And a few of the teams that he has said that he wants, he has kind of made it clear what teams he'd like to be traded to. Uh, The Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. Those are the four main ones. So I'm gonna go through each one, see what I think about it. Uh, so let me say the Brooklyn Nets first. So the Rockets have made it clear that they want either Kyrie or KD for James Harden. I think it makes sense because you, you if you're gonna trade an MVP level player, you want, you obviously want fair compensation, but if you've seen throughout the history of the NBA, trading an MVP caliber player, you're not going to get exact compensation necessarily, you know, you're, you're just not gonna, it's just not gonna be the same, because it's just, you're not gonna be able to find it, so... Brooke, the Rockets made it clear that they either want Kyrie or KD. That's obviously not going to happen. I don't think the Brooklyn Nets would think in their right mind to trade either of them, considering that they just signed them like a year ago. So, and this is their first year together, it's not going to happen. Um, when it comes to other pieces, they have paces like Harris Levert, Spencer Dinwoody, Jared Allen, and they could, probably throw a few picks in there but i would say that's not exactly the best deal that they could get so i'd really doubt they'd he'd be traded to brooklyn because um i don't know granted me personally i don't want to see another big three right now like that big three that's contending for a title and the thing about the NBA right now, which I, I'm just ha- I'm just happy about, is just there's so much parity. Uh, granted, the Lakers are the favorites, and they're probably going to win the championship again this year. But I would say that it's very the league is more wide open. There's not like a Golden State Warriors with Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Klay Thompson. Where it's just, y- there's no possibility for anyone else winning, barring injury. So, I think it's just better to not have a big three in a way. So, I'd say, I, I would say that um, Harden to Brooklyn is very unlikely. Now, Harden to Philadelphia is a very interesting, very interesting uh, place, Now, I think the Rockets made it clear that they want either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. They want fair compensation for James Harden. Now, if I am Philadelphia, I would... The thing is, do you want to take the risk on missing out on Ben Simmons' potential? Or do you want to compete for a championship right now? That's the question. I think it makes sense for the Rockets to, for the Sixers to, if you're gonna get James Harden, you yeah, you gotta give them Ben Simmons, because I feel as though James Harden and Joel Embiid is a perfect fit together, I think they would just work together very well, I think it's a lot better fit than a Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid kind of thing, but... If you can get James Harden, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid all on the same team, and you would just throw in other pieces into that mix for the Rockets, maybe they'd take it. I don't know, but Philly, I think, is the most interesting uh, place for James Harden. What I like to say, I'd kind of like to see him go there if I had to pick. Um, but yeah, I think I think Philly. If there's a mo- most probable place for James Harden to go, it would be Philadelphia. So I'm gonna say Philadelphia is the most likely destination for James Harden. So, and then you have teams like uh, Milwaukee. I really don't see this happening. You know, I don't feel like you can throw in Chris Middleton. Uh, They just traded a bunch of picks away to New Orleans. I don't feel like they just traded for Drew Holiday. I don't think you could throw in Chris Middleton and maybe a few role players and get a good deal done. So I really don't see that happening. Um, Miami. I think Miami is a very interesting place for James Harden to go. If they can make a big three of Harden, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler, that's a that's a content that's like right up there with the Lakers probably because they just went to the finals they took the Lakers six games so add James Harden to that yeah you're gonna there's gonna be pieces that are gonna be gone from that but uh I think it'd be that'd be interesting I don't think Miami will do that though they just went to the NBA Finals they have a good young core a really really great team so. I don't, I don't necessarily see that happening, but I think it'd be interesting. So James Harden on the trade block, who knows when, you know, James Harden will probably play in like preseason and maybe in the early games of the season, but uh, I, I definitely don't see him staying on the Rockets through the entirety of the year. That doesn't seem probable. So James Harden on the trade block, very interesting to say the least. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Since this is the last show, I wanna. This has been a very interesting year to say the least, and I want to. Um, I talk about music a lot, and earlier this year, I kind of, or earlier, in the show, I think when the when I was doing this sh- uh, this season of the show, uh, a while. Early on, I, c- I counted down some of my favorite albums of the year so far. So, it is December 10th, 2020. And we're coming to the end of the year. And there's still some albums slated to be coming out that I think will be amazing. Kid Cuddy's Man on the Moon 3 is coming out tonight. I'm beyond excited, I'm a very big K. Cuddy fan. I love K. Cuddy's music, it's amazing. Um, I'm so excited to listen to that record. I wish it came out before this, cause it it might've made my top 10. But, I digress. Today, on the final show of the Konos, I'm gonna go down my top 10 albums of the year. Now, I want to preface this. This is my top 10 albums that I personally have listened to this year. It doesn't have to be your top 10. It's my top 10. It's my opinion. It's my opinion. Okay? These are the albums that I listened to that I thoroughly enjoyed. Okay? It's not... I know you're probably going to be like, Oh, but why aren't there like any indie pop uh records on here is that I don't listen to Indie Pop. That's not my cup of tea. I'm sorry. I'm sure Indie Pop has some bangers. But it's just not I just don't I had I didn't listen to it this year. And just it's not gonna make my list. So you know this is my opinion. These are my personal picks of what I listen to the most and what I got the most enjoyment out of listening. So Last episode of Colonos, we're going to be counting down the top 10 album my top 10 albums of 2020. Good lord, this con- construction is just oh my god. Oh my gosh. Anyways. All right. I'd like to start with some honorable mention cuz I must say this is this was a very difficult list to make. I'm not going to lie. It was it was a fairly difficult list to make. Because there were a lot of good albums that came out this year. So these are my honorable mentions for this year. So the first honorable mention I have is The Goat by Polo G. Great sophomore record for Polo G. One of the biggest albums of the year. Um, he, I've been a fan of him since kind of last year. Uh, he had that pop out song featuring Lil TJ. He had that album that he came out with last year which i thought was really really good i think he improved on a lot of points on the go i think it's just more catchy more solid in every aspect of it really and i think it's a great record and it just shows the talent that he has as a singer songwriter rapper so very good record by polo g uh legends never die by juice world uh rest in peace to the late great juice world he died uh last uh a year ago yesterday a year ago yesterday we lost juice world very sad but this posthumous record by juice world is just very solid posthumous record you know juice world is known for having thousands hundreds if not thousands of unreleased tracks that he's made so it would be no surprise that Uh, We would get a posthumous record and maybe more in the future. So, I think it's a very solid posthumous album. Not one of my favorites of the year, but very well put together. Not a cash grab, as some posthumous records are. It felt very genuine. It felt very sincere and very geared towards the fans of Juice WRLD. Uh... My last honorable mention is going to be Run The Jewels 4 by Run The Jewels. Now, this record might have been in my top 10 if I listened to it a bit more. I think it's a great record by Run The Jewels. Run The Jewels is arguably one of the best hip-hop duos in recent history. I think they're really, really, really good. Uh, I think it's just a matter of I didn't listen to this record As much as the other ones. And so I didn't get as much enjoyment out of it. But this record is up there. With one of the best in 2020. I think it's a very really really good record. So. Those are my honorable mentions. Those are my honorable mentions. And we're going to get down. To the nitty gritty. We're going to start with. num. (laughs) I wanted to do a thing. Like number 10. You know what? I'm going to do it. All right. (laughs) Number 10. My number 10 pick for my top 10 albums of 2020 is going to be unlocked by Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats, the collab project that dropped earlier this year by Kenneth Beats and Denzel Curry. Uh, this is a short eight-track album. It's 18 minutes, and I think it's a very. It's the. I think it's just incredibly well put together. It's very focused, but all over the place in a way. I think Kenny Beats lays out just this environment for Denzel Curry to just be wild and just eccentric, and I think Denzel just shows how. talented he is you know what he can do on a track and so i think it's just a really really solid project from denzel curry denzel curry just seems to be getting better as a rapper which you don't really see such lasting power in hip-hop considering how many how saturated the market is and how rappers fall um how rot how they rise and fall so quickly and denzel curry has been in the rap game now for like five six years which feels like a long time so denzel curry and he's just and he's getting better so you know i think it just shows his talent um some of my favorite tracks on here uh cosmic m4a uh diet take it back v2 uh pyro and So Incredible PKG. (laughs) Number (laughs) 9. Number 9, my number 9 selection, it's going to be the posthumous record from Pop Smoke, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. If you don't know, if you were living under a rock, Pop Smoke was one of the biggest artists of the year god dang anyways (laughs) sorry um pop smoke sadly passed away earlier this year uh due to a home invasion robbery or whatever it was um but pop smoke uh this posthumous record shoe for the stars aim for the moon uh pop smoke was just one of my favorite artists that I listened to just the fun I had listening to his records was just just uh it was just a lot of fun listening to his music and I think this record just uh goes uh, just dives into that it was one of the most commercially successful records of the year but it was just really enjoyable um and it he's known for his kind of drill sound but this record shows a lot of versatility in what he was capable of really you know you have love songs on here you have kind of like cool in uh he has like a lit uh a latin pop kind of track or a latin pop rap fusion kind of track with carol g enjoy yourself you know he's just he showed a lot of versatility and just the talent that was lost, you know, it's very, it's very sad to see, but I think it's just really enjoyable, uh, great posthumous record for Pop Smoke, um, some of my favorite tracks on here, I would say is, uh, Got It On Me, Something Special, uh, Make It Rain, 44 Bulldog, and, f- uh, <laughs> And The Woo. I understand that a lot of these records on this album are overplayed to death. Like, I go into work. So I go into work, and sometimes they put the radio on. And I hear some of the song like, For the Night and The Woo. I hear all the time on the radio. And so, in a way, I kind of hate these songs, because I hear them all the time. But... They're quality, quality to say the least. I still think they're great songs. It's just, you know how you just listen to a song too much, and you're like, oh god, I don't even like the song anymore. It's kind of like that. But, pop smoke, aim for the, shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. That's my number nine selection. Number eight. <laughs> number eight on my list. I'm gonna go take time by Givion. I think it's how, I think that's how you say it, Givion. I got put onto this record a little bit later in the year, a little bit uh, kind of recently. But man, just what Givion does on this record is just beautiful. It's, I think it's just like it's it's just it's just a beautiful record. In all honesty, I think it's just like an R&B record that's just like has a lot of passion in it i really just i just really like the record i think it's just it sets a vibe and a mood that's just really cool i really enjoyed listening to it i i think it's considered an ep but you know (laughs) who's keeping track you know a lot of albums nowadays are really short so who cares but um, Givey on Take Time really really solid. It, it this is this was his uh breakout EP in many ways, you know. And I think uh it kind of just put him up there with a lot of big R and B names. And I think it was a really really enjoyable listen. Uh, some of my favorite tracks on here, The Beach World We Created, and uh Like I Want You. Some of my favorite tracks on there okay number seven (laughs) number seven on my list it's gonna be atlanta producer atlanta rapper metro booming 21 savage joining forces once again for savage mode two savage mode two came out this year, one of the most most anticipated records to come out this year. I think it's just, a lot of people wanted it to kind of live up to the previous Savage mode, and I think it's a lot better than the first Savage mode. I understand the first Savage mode was a lot shorter, it was like 4 years ago, but I think you just see the growth in Metro Boomin's production and just 21 Savage as an artist. Just how they construct songs and just... I think it's a great, great listen. I think it's just... There's so much more in this record than there was in the previous Savage Mode. And I think... I think they just got it on this one. You know? I think it's just one of the most interesting... I don't think it's 21 Savage's best record. I'll say. Um i think that's still i am greater than i was but i do think this is just one of those records that you know it's just it's a bop like almost every song's a bop you know and i think just 21 savage metro Boomin hit it on the nail great record some of my favorite songs on here many men uh rich uh were <laughs> rich word that i can't say and another word I can't say, featuring Young Thug. Um, uh, Snitches and Rats, featuring Young Nudie. My Dog. Running. And Glock in My Lap. By the way, Morgan Freeman on narration for a few of these tracks, which is just the perfect... Mwah, just perfect. I, I never thought I needed Morgan Freeman on a 21 Savage intro. But, now that I have it, I'm like, okay, that's legitimately awesome. So, number seven, Savage Mode. Number six. Number six. My number six spot is going to be arguably the most commercial album, or most commercial rap album that came out this year. Uh, kind of... Skyrocketed this artist into kind of a new, uh, kind of place in hip hop and music in general. A uh, little baby, with his album My Turn, you know, little baby, uh, took 2019 off, didn't drop an album or anything. Uh, did a few features, but was re- relatively quiet in 2019. And he came in at the beginning of this year uh dropped my turn and it's his pro it's i don't know if it's his best record yet but it's a very it's probably his most complete record you know I think uh there's a lot of tracks to like on here I really enjoy i listen to this uh album a bunch I just really like i think just low baby improved on a lot of fronts on here just his flow how he rides the track is just so much more put together on this album. I would say, and yeah, it just shows that Lil Baby is going to be a, a big name in the rap game uh, for a while now. And he's, just, he's not going anywhere, you know, he's only getting better. So, I think this is a great record from him. I listened to it a bunch. Uh, some of my favorite uh, cuts on here, uh, Live Off My Closet, Commercial, uh, Emotionally Scarred. Get Ugly, Grace, and uh, on the deluxe version uh, of the album, We Paid, which was a very... It, I like to call it a TikTok song, but it's still a great record. So, Lil Baby, my turn, my number six spot. Uh, number five. <laughs> number five on my list is gonna be... Uh, a very highly anticipated record that was slated to come out forever ago this record has been hyped up for a very 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 long time and it finally dropped this year uh, of course i'm talking about lil uzi vert's eternal a er, er, t or i'm sorry <laughs> eternal attack eternal attack by lil uzi vert I'm gonna include the deluxe version, which features, uh, kind of a second album in Love Versus the World 2. Uh, I think, I don't know, this is just a, re- uh, version of the album that I listen to the most, you know, I just have it saved under there. Here. I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't say, the thing about this record is it had such a, an enormous level of hype with it and so it's very hard once you have that certain level of hype to reach up to it but i think this record really has aged throughout the year pretty well there's a lot of really 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 great songs on here you know not every song is you know the greatest thing I don't think Lil Uzi uh performs exponentially on every track but for the most part for the big majority of it it's a lot of fun I like Uzi's uh energy and everything the production is very well put together on this album and yeah I think it's a great record from him and it was very very successful so good on Lil Uzi uh some of my favorite tracks on here uh god dang sorry uh prices uh venetia uh silly watch uh you better move uh, let me see more uh bean myron and uh, what's another there's another one uh got the guap by featuring Neon thug those are my favorite tracks on Eternal Take my number five spot. Number four. Number four on my list is gonna be "F the World" by Brent Faiers. A lot. Of, some people might not put this record up so high. I just I listen to this album a lot this year. I just I've, I've become a big Brent Faiers fan. No one has. Been, really in recent time for me been able to sound so toxic about a relationship while sounding so good and i think brent fire is just he has his own style that he's doing in the r&b game and i think it's just really 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 entertaining i think he's just there's a lot of simplicity that goes into his uh songs but i think there's still he adds something to it and it's just really really interesting his uh songwriting and everything is just great i i think it's great i think it's a really good record one of my favorite records of the year some of my favorites on here would be been away f the world summer in london rehab "Winter in paris and lost kids get money some of my favorite tracks on f the world by brent faez my number four spot number three number three on my list i'm kind of trying to go through these fast so that way i can wrap up but number three on my list is going to be gary indiana rapper teaming up with legendary hip-hop producer it's going to be freddie gibbs and the alchemist on alfredo one of my favorite yeah this is my favorite rap album of the year because my other two records are not i wouldn't consider rap number two definitely not one you could argue but i don't think it's a rap album my favorite rap album of the year i would say is alfredo by freddie gibbs uh freddie gibbs has just become one of my favorite artists uh one of my favorite rappers In recent time i just love his a lot of people don't like the lyrical stuff you know a lot of people like the uh uh kind of a melodic flow to it but you know when you got to get bars off sometimes you know you just got to get bars off and freddie gibbs does this i think freddie gibbs is arguably a top three rapper right now he's not as popular As a bunch of other rappers, you know, you have Kendrick, J. Cole, Drake, and everything that are commercially successful, but also very good MCs. Um, But I think Freddie Gibbs just is... There's no one really being able to do what he's doing at such a high level. And I think uh, he just ups... It's crazy how he just keeps upping his game, you know? He has so many classic records. He had Bandana... Uh, with Mad Lib that came out last year, one of arguably my favorite album. It was my favorite album of last year. I listened to that album so much. Uh, but him on Alfredo is just great. I think uh, Alchemist's kind of lo-fi production, just his um, interesting take on production, uh, just really, uh, it just goes over the flying colors. I think Freddie Gibbs just ups his game. He just keeps getting better, which is crazy to me. And yeah, it's a 10-track album, and I think it's just it's really, really, really good. So some of my favorite tracks on here. I'm going to go 1985, Something to Rap About, Babies and Fools, and God is Perfect. My favorite tracks on Alfredo. My number three spot. Number two. Number two on my list is um, a Grammy-nominated... Or a Grammy snub. Arguably the biggest Grammy snub in recent times. <laughs> i have of course, talking about After Hours by The Weekend, One of my favorite records of the year. My number two spot on my list here. Uh, yeah, I think uh this record has just uh been able to skyrocket the weekend just uh his name and everything you know blinding lights off this record uh his biggest song to date you know and uh the weekend is just uh on this record there's so many uh different ways he went in production style of all of his songs there's a lot of 80 synth pop on here that's put into the mix and it just shows a lot more mature and focused Weekend. And I think it's a great record. I think it's his most... I, You know, when Abel started his career, he had those trilogy of mixtapes that came out. And if you're a diehard Weekend fan, you're going to say those are his best records. And I'm not going to argue that. But if we're talking about a commercial album, this is arguably his best work to date. This is the best work to date. I think it's... um. It was one of the biggest six uh, successes as far as notoriety and just popularity this year, and I think just able uh, or the weekend just killed it on this. I think it's just a very very solid record, um, arguably his best, arguably his best album. So, after hours by the weekend, amazing record. Uh, some of my favorite songs on here. I would go Faith, After Hours, The title Track, Alone Again, Heartless, I I really like Heartless, Blinding Lights, and Repeat After Me, Interlude, some of my favorite tracks on there. Number one. My number one spot my number one, now this was really tough, you know, I, there were so there were a lot of really good albums that came out this year, but, uh, the one that really just connected with me the most, I just have, like, a personal connection with this album, you know, I think it's just, uh, for me, it just, it hit me in a very personal way, I would say, and I think it's just, there's a connection that i have with this album that i don't have with other albums and so this is why it's at my number one spot my number one spot is the posthumous record from mac miller circles uh circles by mac miller uh as some know mac miller passed away of a drug overdose a little over two years ago now And, uh, we didn't know if we would get a posthumous record from Mac, but, uh, he had been working on this record before he passed, and, uh, they were able to, uh, people that were focused on it, uh, uh, producer, uh, composer John Bryan, uh, was able to put together and finish up this record, and... I mean, man, it's just, it's a great singer songwriter record. Like, it's just amazing. The person, the, the way Mac Miller is able to be personal on this record is just, you know, there's no filter on this record, you know? It's just like, it's him just being honest. And in a world where everyone wants to act a certain way or be a certain way because of this or because of that... I think Mac Miller just—he just lays it out on all on the table for you to hear, whether you want to hear it, whether it's comfortable or not. Uh, he just lays it out for you, and just the way he uh, essentially sounds on these songs, like he's talking beyond the grave, is kind of bone chilling, and you're kind of just like, oh my god. So I think it's just it's amazing amazing record by an artist a true artist that uh was gone too soon i would say uh mac miller an incredible artist you know and it's very sad that this is the last record from mac miller but i would say that uh there is uh this is probably the best send-off i'd say you know just a record like this just a great Great sendoff for an amazing uh, artist and musician. So my favorite al- songs on this record, uh, the title track Circles, Blue World, Good News, uh, Hand Me Downs, Everybody, Hands, and Once a Day. And yeah, that's my top 10 albums. Of the year. That's it. That's the top 10 albums this year. For me, me personally, my opinion. And that's it. That's the show, ladies and gentlemen. I know. It's been a great ride. I'm incredibly thankful for the opportunity to do this show week in and week out. I hope y'all enjoyed listening. You know. And you know what happens in the future in my broadcasting entertainment uh career you know uh we'll see what happens you know but i appreciate everyone for being along this journey with me and listening and i think it's just been a really interesting experience and i'm very grateful uh that i've been able to do this so thank you all for listening i hope y'all have a great week a great rest of your year and a great 2021 because good lord knows uh, that we all need that so peace and love and i'll see you when i see you michael evdman signing out